What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean Christian Randy are here for all of your mediocre fantasy football advice. It's Monday night. Just finishing up week six. Christian, how you doing? Feeling pretty well. Um, I'm, I have a chance to go three and one in my four leagues this week for the first time all season. I don't know that it's going to happen. I need a lot of things to fall in my favor, but I like watching the Monday night game and having a chance in fantasy football. See, I wanted to make the joke that my brother always makes whenever he asks me about my fantasy team, and then he immediately cuts me off and says, nobody cares about your fantasy team. But if we didn't care about your fantasy team, we wouldn't have a show. So I respect it. Randy, how are you doing? Thanks, man. Well, then. Um, doing great. Yeah. I know we're all excited to watch what should be a good Monday night matchup. I pretty much won every league except the league I had Jared Goff. So, all right. Yeah. If you, if you won a league and that you had Jared Goff, that would be unbelievable in its own right. Like, I think yeah. I'm able to pull one out where Jared Goff literally got me one point. It's unbelievable. Uh, really quick. Uh, since we're talking about that, Tyler Boyd and Cooper Cup were both in <laughs> one of my lineups. I'm still going to win that matchup. And I had Stefan Diggs and Curtis Samuel sitting on my bench. Feeling pretty good about that one. I mean, that's fair. Like the starting those two versus sitting Cup and or versus sitting Diggs and Samuel is, is fair. It sucks, but it, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it was the wrong call. But anyway, no. let's. Let's go ahead and get started here. As always, if you'd like to support the podcast, shoot us an email at officialcuppod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Cut FFL and like and share us on Facebook at the Cut FFL. And obviously, listen to us, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Anchor, wherever else. So, what we're going to go through today, we're going to go through our week six recap. We'll give you a breakdown of the games that we watched on Thursday night, Sunday, Sunday night. Uh, obviously, we're not going to be able to get, in, get to this Monday night game, we'll get to it on Thursday. Uh, we're going to go through our Thursday night preview for the Colt, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs and the Broncos coming up. It should be a good one. We're going to give you our adjust yourself segment. It's the first time we've done this. We're going to give you a couple guys that we think we're going to be adjusting expectations moving forward. And then we'll give you a quick worthy waiver going into week seven. It's not great. I'm going to tell you right now, when I was looking to see guys that I wanted to, a guy that I wanted to add to it, I died a little bit inside, but we, as always, we will make it work. So we'll move right into it here with the Thursday night football recap. Patriots over the Giants, 35-14. to 14. There's really not much to talk about with that Giants offense. Golden Tate had six catches for 102 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. Did catch a long bomb from Daniel Jones that he kind of tipped to himself. And other than that, Daniel Jones had four picks. Uh, the one question I'll pose to you, Randy, is it seems like Shepard might be coming back after just out one week with the concussion. With Golden Tate being back into the fold now, can him and Shepard have weekly production? I'm not sure. Uh, Jones has looked better than expectations, but even then, he's not looked great. He's making really bad reads out there. I have no idea why he's trying to throw to Gilmore 20 of his 30 passes. But my I was off once Golden Tate came back in week four for everyone because I wanted to see a couple weeks how this plays out. I don't know how four guys that catch the ball across the middle and short are going to work together. Yeah. I mean, not really. I any. Mean, you could argue that Evan Ingram might be the biggest big place threat out of those guys. Yeah. Which Shepard's not really that. And neither is Tate. Um, like I said, not the more, not too much to talk about with the giants. It does seem like Saquon will be back for week seven. So I should yeah. hold on to him. You're feeling pretty good about that. I know Christian is <laughs> on the Patriots side. Tom Brady had, 31 completions, 41 attempts, 
334 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick, but he had two goal line touchdowns. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Uh, Sony Michelle did look good, 22 carries for 86 yards. He did catch two balls for 27 yards on three targets. Played his highest stamp count of the season at 50%. I still have faith, damn it. Uh, and and yeah. big, game for, big game for Julian Edelman. Nine catches for 113 on 15 targets. I'm still kind of upset that they snuck with Brady from the three-yard line. I mean, what? But other than that, I mean, you can't really argue with the production you got out of the Patriots offense. Uh, Christian, you got anything to add? Yeah, Tom Brady might be the, the greatest athlete I've ever seen, too. Running from three yards out, all those QB sneaks. Loved it. <laughs> Rogers couldn't do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. We'll move on to the London game, which saw the Panthers take it 37-26 to over the Buccaneers. At Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'd just like to plug that. Christian's a soccer fan, and I couldn't tell you what league is playing in what uh, matchup or anything like that. So we'll move on. Thank you for that. Uh <laughs> Does Kyle Allen, hey, he had a good game, 227 yards and two touchdowns. Seems like Cam could be ready after the bye week. The Panthers are on a bye week seven. Do either of you guys think Cam still takes this job back once he's back, or are they going to hand the keys to Kyle Allen? I mean, Cam Newton has his job when he comes back. I just don't know that he's going to be fully healthy after the bye. I know that that's kind of an injury that does take a little while to heal. And with how bad he looked, I think that he was hurting well before he actually tweaked it. I know that's a lot of speculation um, and you don't need to quote me on that, but I just don't think that they want to rush Cam back knowing that Kyle Allen can get the job done. I know Kyle Allen's winning. He's really nothing special. Curtis Samuel bailed him out on one of those touchdown throws. Should have been an interception. He's playing okay. He's not Cam Newton, though. Guys, I have breaking news for you. Christian McCaffrey is actually human. 22 carries for only 31 yards and still scored, and he added four catches for 26. Well, you're only talking about 57 combined yards. I, I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> Two touchdowns, though, still. No, yeah, don't worry. Tampa Bay's, Tampa Bay's run defense isn't bad. That secondary is a different story. Uh, DJ Moore, seven for 73 on 10 targets. As Christian said, Christian, or Curtis Samuel, four catches for 70 yards and a touchdown, had six targets, added an eight-yard reverse for a touchdown. And Randy's tight end start of the week, Greg Olson, four catches for 52 yards on seven targets. To be honest with you, I'm pretty sure that finished probably top 10 going into Monday night. I, I, I haven't. I, I think it's just outside. I think it's 11 or 12. I'm um, fine but, with it. Yeah, I'm Randy, I can't really blame you for that. <laughs> For the Buccaneers, oh, Jameis. I mean, he still put up fantasy points, 400 yards on 30, uh, 30 completions, 54 attempts. But he had five picks and a fumble. Oh, man. He looked uh, like crap. It was awful. Um, yeah. Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber combined for 42 total rushing yards. Ronald Jones did get a one-yard touchdown. I still don't think you can trust either of them. Chris Godwin, another big game, 10 for 151 on 12 targets. Now, granted, a decent amount of that came in garbage time when Winston was trying to work their way back. They did force feed Mike Evans, 9 for 96 on 17 targets. Did either of you see the ball that he dropped before half that was a 
100% touchdown if he doesn't bobble it eight times. He's out there looking like OBJ, honestly. That was, <laughs> I mean, I, I, he, he had another drop later in the game, I want to say third or fourth quarter, that it just hit his hands and hit hit the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't – I've never seen Mike Evans do that. Like some, Yeah, I mean – I don't weird. know if it's I don't know if it's maybe it's still some ill effects from his illness that he had, but yeah, I mean I don't know if it doesn't look <clears> right. <throat> OJ Howard, two catches. Well, two catches. Four targets though. He did have four targets. That's one more target than usual. Yep. Progress. Because he dropped. Oh man. There did you there are some trade rumors going around with him. Obviously, he's going to take a bump if he does get traded. But for now, I think he's still probably better left on waivers. We'll move on here. The Ravens over the Bengals, 23-17. to 17. On the uh, Cincinnati side, Joe Mixon bottled up eight carries for 10 yards. He, only, he caught two passes. I, I, I have in my notes here to ask you guys, are you worried when I'm really the one that has probably the most stake out of the three of us in Joe Mixon? Sure for, me, it, for me, it's hard to answer that just based on the fact that AJ green has been out the entire year and John Ross hasn't played in a couple weeks. It's so easy for defensive teams to just put nine guys in the box and say, Hey, let anybody else on this team beat us besides Joe Mixon because Andy Dalton is trash. He's not trash, man. He, you just said how AJ green and John Ross are out that Andy Dalton will be better. Joe Mixon will be better. The Cincinnati Bengals will win at least one game. It'll be better. Oh, I, Andy so Dalton's not at least going to win one game. That that's yeah. Good. Andy Dalton's not a great quarterback by any means, but he's still performing at QB two levels, which is I know it's insane. But it's not that hard to be a QB two. It sure I mean, is. Twenty four quarterbacks out of thirty two. If you're not yeah. Josh Rosen or Marcus Mariota, who both got benched, it's really not hard to be a QB. Yeah. Jameis was a QB one with five picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anyway, on the receiver side, Auden Tate led the led the receivers with five catches for ninety one yards on twelve targets. Like Christian said, going in, Tyler Boyd only three catches for ten yards. Like I said, I, I just it's it's hard to trust this Bengals offense without Green and without John Ross because Ross has showed he can be a big play guy for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson only had 236 yards through the air, but added in 19 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Again, this is why he's going to continue to be a top 10 quarterback. It's he based might be on the best running back in the league. You continue to make that joke. I, joke. He continues to throw for less than 250 yards through the year. I mean, in, in this in this game, he was without Brown, though. I think that played a big role. Um what about here? One question I have for you, Randy. I know you're a big Mark Ingram guy. 13 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. He obviously did salvage his day with the score, but this is now the second straight week he's been held under 60 yards. Third straight week he's been held under 75. Do you still trust him as an RB2? Yeah, he's like right on that fringe. On, uh, on our Saturday DFS show, Christian was talking about trying to put him in the lineup, and this was basically what I was talking about. He's getting basically a max of 15 t- touches and hasn't really gone over 60 yards in a while, no matter the defense. The only, he's only really blossomed against Miami. And if he's not getting the touchdowns each week, he's pretty much useless for you. 
he's like about the Frank Gore or Adrian Peterson before he gets every carry line. But I mean, he has a higher chance of a touchdown. I'm just not trusting it. Really quick, I did see that Justice Hill was on the field for significantly more snaps than and, what I had seen previously. Okay. And Gus Edwards. Yeah, Gus Edwards took a lot of those snaps. The I don't Gus Bus. <laughs> honestly, all aboard. Honestly, I think they're better with Justice Hill. Um, and Gus Edwards might be a better running back than Mark Ingram right now. The thing about Ingram is, I mean, he he gives you no he gives you no passing production, and w- a guy like Jackson that tries to make plays with his feet, it, it's hard for Ingram to really have that much value because he can't really make plays for his quarterback. Yeah, hundred percent. Seahawks thirty two twenty eight over the Browns in Cleveland. Russell Wilson two hundred ninety five yards, two touchdowns, added thirty one yards and a score on the ground. Chris Harson with his third straight 100-yard game, 24 carries for 124 yards and a touchdown. Christian, he's got to be a RB1 the rest of the season, right? Barring injury, yeah. I yeah. mean, he's just – he's their workhorse, and yeah. that was clear on Sunday. No Rashad Penny again. It seems like Penny just can't get healthy. So, uh, like you said, barring <laughs> catastrophic fumbles or any kind of injury, he has to be, he has to be an RB1. Um, Tyler Lockett, five for 75. He did catch a touchdown, but then he was called back and rolled down at the one. DK Metcalf, four catches for 69 yards. Probably should have been three. I know that Christian was pretty salty about that. And my tight end start of the week, Will Disley left. I know, I know. Will (laughs) Disley left the game with an Achilles injury. It doesn't sound good. It sounds like he, he ruptured it and he's done for the year. It's just really disappointing. He had the patella injury last year. And he just the dude just can't stay healthy. He's clearly talented. It's just it's really frustrating. On the Brown side, Baker Mayfield had a great first half, struggled in the second half, still put up 35 rushing yards and a touchdown, along with 249 passing yards and a touchdown out of three picks. I would say two of which aren't his fault. Uh Nick Chubb, 20 carries for 122 yards and two touchdowns, had five catches for 17 yards. Another really good game for him. He's clearly a top 12 back, and he's going to be, regardless of the Browns' offensive struggles, he's just going to continue to get the work. I'm personally not worried about when Kareem Hunt comes back. I know that's something we have to start thinking about, but to me, I don't see how they can how they can take carries away from him. Odell Beckham had a 100-yard game for just the second time this year, 6 for 101 on 11 targets. He did drop a couple passes, but he had a pretty ridiculous catch for about 40 yards in the second quarter. Also, um, catch but teach their own yeah uh coming off the bye he faces new england in week eight so but then after that the schedule looks a little bit better i would probably still trust him as a back end wide receiver one i again i still think this offense finds a point where they get it going i know the schedule is going to play a role in that uh jarvis landry three for 36 on five targets and christian's wide receiver started the week for week six richard higgins didn't play a snap. To be fair, I said if this guy plays, he should have played. He was active. Freddie Kitchens, what the hell are you doing? Christian, Christian, Christian. He was just healthy and has practiced for two weeks. That doesn't mean he's healthy for game day. What well, are you talking about? He's my start of the week on the bye this week. So Yeah, Joke's that might be the only time he lets him play. <laughs> for real. Uh, Vikings, 38-20 to 20 over the Eagles. Carson Wentz. 
306 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Randy sits both Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. They only combined for about 52 rushing yards, but Miles Sanders did catch three passes for 86 yards in the touchdown. It, it was definitely fair. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to admit I completely whiffed on sitting Alshon Jeffrey to the tune of 10 catches for 170, or I'm sorry, 10 catches for 76 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. It looked like he was the only one they were trying to get the ball to. I, again, I whiffed on that. I apologize to the listeners. I, but I told you to stop having your takes all based on puns. No, no, no. It wasn't the pun. It wasn't the pun. The pun was, was goal. It wasn't. The, the it pun. was the pun. It was definitely the pun, and everyone knows it. <laughs> uh, Randy Zachert's only caught four cat four passes for 54 yards is he still a top three tight end yeah he's still top three talent i mean i'm not really that worried uh his targets were obviously going to go down this year no matter what and just dallas goddard being there more and sanders being out of the backfield more it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of feeding to go around and it's only going to get a little bit worse when jackson comes back what week 16 it seems like (laughs) it's crazy yeah, I mean, I think that Ertz might be a top three talent, but he's not going to finish as a top three tight end this year. I don't think there's any chance of that. I think he's still a tight end one, and he's probably still a top ten tight end. But you definitely can't bank on him finishing top three. Yeah, and I mean, you read a lot going into the season that the regression was going to come just because, as Randy said, those the targets that he got last year is a pretty crazy stat. That wasn't going to happen again this year. Um, in, f- in fairness, the regression for all three top tight ends has happened. So, yeah, that's like, true. He's, he's still – he's not on pace for last year's numbers, but I think he's still on last year's touchdown pace. And so, I mean – You could argue that Kittle's been the most consistent out of the three of those. Yeah, with yeah. less games. Yeah, that's – yeah, they did – they uh, on the bye. For the Vikings, Randy's QB start of the week, Kirk Cousins – 333 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, so that that was definitely a, the right call by Mr. Randy. Uh, did, uh, Dalvin Cook, 16 carries for only 41 yards, but did out of a touchdown, caught two passes. The one thing to note here, Alexander Madison added in 14 carries for 63 yards. Um, I would say this is probably more of not adding the full workload to Cook. It did seem like a lot of those carries came at the end of the game when the Vikings were already up. I don't know if you did. You guys was he was Madison on the field a lot at the beginning, or was it more kind of towards the end there? No, it, it was on longer drives. He rotated in, and then he broke. Got, he broke off a couple long, long yeah. runs. Yeah, once too. they got end of third or so, they pretty much just phased Cook all the way out. And it yeah. seems like that's what they want to do when they have a bigger lead: is get Cook out of the game, save him and throw Madison in there. And Madison's – he's not just as productive because Dalvin Cook's one of the top three running backs in the NFL, but Madison does does the job just fine, kind of like Kyle Allen with Cam Newton. So Yeah. Stephon Diggs is back. Well, maybe. Seven for 167 and three on 11 targets. That's – I know we, we talked about it, that this had to be the week, and it definitely was. I mean, he beat Russell Douglas like uh, – they might as well not even put out two corners it was it was awful that that Seahawks or that Eagles secondary is a joke different bird. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Adam Thielen did catch a touchdown of his own had six for 57 the next three games for the Vikings are Detroit Washington and Kansas City 
I'd say you could probably trust a lot of these uh, Vikings offensive players, Christian, don't you think? Yeah, I'd be a little more hesitant against Detroit. I know we need to see them play this week, but I also kind of see this week as maybe an anomaly because they had two weeks to prep for mm-hmm. the Packers. So, I mean, they might look better this week and, and not so good against the Vikings, but I mean, it is still Kirk Cousins. So I think that I'm still putting digs in my lineup. Well, I'm returning digs to my lineup and I'll have Thielen in there as usual. Cook, yeah. I mean, again, I think, we, go ahead. I, I think we all know what's going to happen when you put Diggs in this week. He's going to have like yeah. two for 12. 100%. Actually, actually, could you not put him back in? That would help me so much. <laughs> yes, that's for you. We'll move actually, on here. It does help you in Dynasty if you lose and I don't. Yeah, true. We'll move on here. The Redskins did get their first win of the year, guys. 17 to 16 over the Dolphins. Such a uh, terrible game. I kind of didn't watch it. Bill Callahan did feed Adrian Peterson to the tune of 23 carries for 118 yards, and he also had two catches for 18. Chris Thompson left the game after three carries with a foot injury and didn't return, so that's something to monitor. Terry McLaurin, four catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns on seven targets. My question is, with only four catches, they, it clearly looked like the Redskins wanted to run the ball Give the ball to Peterson. I mean, he had 25 touches. Randy, does that scare you from McLaurin's value? No, because they won't face the Dolphins every week. Uh, Their line isn't good, and Adrian Peterson did look good running the ball on Sunday, but they're not going to be able to run. There may be two other outcomes like this the rest of the year, and those probably won't be wins. So if they're down every single game, they have to throw at least 30 times. Yeah. On the Dolphins side, I'll tell you what, there's really not much to talk about. Josh Rosen got benched after having 85 yards and two picks. Fitzpatrick came in, threw a touchdown at the end of the game, but they weren't able to, they went for two, weren't able to get it. Um, Randy's wide receiver start of the week, Preston Williams, two for 31 on six targets. <laughs> Probably more product of how bad Josh Rosen yeah. was. And Christian's tight end start of the week, Mike Gusecki. Three for 51 on seven targets. I know he texted us after the one o'clock game and said he was that Gasecki was tight end 10 on the day, which totally makes sense. And it's just hilarious. So, finished yeah. one spot behind Greg Olson as the tight end 15. So, in, <laughs> hey, if you're in deep leagues, it might have worked out for you. Yeah. I, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, there's, not, there's really not much more to say about that game. Just start everybody you can playing Miami the rest of the year. Really quick, though. Josh Rosen has to be like historically bad to get benched on a historically bad team. It makes sense that they're throwing him back out there because they're they're tanking for whoever the number one pick is. I don't think it should be Tua, but that's Chase Young. Um, I don't think they'd tank for Chase Young. It's got to be a quarterback, but yes, Chase Young should be the number one pick. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Saints 13 to 6 over the Jags. Uh the, this game I was kind of surprised that of how little offensive production there was. Um Alvin Kamara only 11 carries for 31 yards, added seven catches for 35. He did have an ankle injury, but he was active. And Michael Thomas 8 for 89 on 12 targets. Jared freaking Cook scored the only touchdown of the game, 3 for 37. I I died. Hey Sean, remember like probably four episodes ago when you said, if you haven't dropped Jared Cook, 
drop him, and then dude, he had three catches. Yeah, he was still a tight end one somehow. Because of how bad the other tight ends are. All right, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Get out of here. On the Jaguars side, Leonard Fournette, 20 carries for 72 yards. Did have six catches for 46. And D.D. Westbrook led the wide receivers in targets in this one. Had eight targets, three catches for 53. D.J. Chark kind of came back down to earth, three for 43. There's really not much to say about this Jaguars offense. They were just bottled off by that Saints defense. That Saints defense is playing really well right now. That Saints yeah. defense is taking them to the Super Bowl. No. Fair well, I could. It will not. I think so. I don't. <laughs> Houston, 31 to 24 over the Chiefs. Chiefs lose their second straight at home. Deshaun Watson had 280 yards and a touchdown through the air, added 10 carries for 42 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Big game for Carlos Hyde. Christian, I know you're waiting for Duke Johnson. I know he did get in the end zone. <laughs> Still. Carlos High with 116 yards and a touchdown did have a fumble and an F bomb on national TV. It's pretty cool. Deshaun, or I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins, nine for 55 on 12 targets. Will Fuller only caught five passes for 44 yards on nine targets, and it dropped what felt like he dropped like what felt like eight touchdown passes. There were at least three where he was wide open and it just hit off his hands. Um, are you, Christian, are you okay with Fuller? having games like this, given his big play upside. Yeah, I'm okay with it because I don't have him on any of my teams. <laughs> I purposely straight stayed away from players like that. Yeah, I mean, the the three weeks that he pops, he's going to get you a guaranteed win. But those other weeks, he could be the reason you lose. And I don't like having players like that on my teams. So I stayed away from Will Fuller. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. Houston won. Good for him. And that's always the player that Fuller's been since he's been in the league when he when he is healthy. I know he's been hurt a lot, but he's always been that big play guy. But if 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 he doesn't catch that long touchdown pass, he he gives you six, seven points. And it's it's tough to trust as a wide receiver too. But that that big play upside just just makes you feel at least a little bit more comfortable, but you're still kind of looking over your shoulder. On the Chiefs side, Mahomes, 273 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Really no running back production. McCoy, eight carries for 44 yards. Damian Williams only had two total touches. One of those touches came on a touchdown catch. Tyreek Hill was back, and it was a big, big return for him. Five catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns on 10 targets. That first touchdown he had, it felt like he was floating, and the rest of the guys were just standing on the ground. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. Michael, Hard Michael Hardman added, added in four catches for 45. Demarcus Robinson didn't get a target. Uh, Randy, do you think he's droppable? Um, ooh. yeah, probably. Uh, he hasn't looked good the last few weeks, and I expect Watkins to probably be back this week. But they really need to get into a run heavy type offense here with Mahomes being banged up. It's so hard to trust either of those running backs because you don't know who's going to get the carries, who's going to have the production each week. Told you, <laughs> didn't tell us anything, we knew that. <laughs> Moving on here, the 49ers, 20-7 to over the Rams. Uh, Jimmy G had a QB sneak for a touchdown. That's really the only production he had. He didn't have to do much. Tevin Coleman, 18 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Randy's running back start of the week, Matt Breida, 13 carries for 36 yards, added in four catches for 27 yards. Tevin Coleman had at least five goal line carries in that game. Christian, is he the running back you want to own in that backfield now? <laughs> I know you want me to say yes, but 
I mean, I, it, to be honest with you, the two weeks that Coleman has played, it's hard to deny that he's been the guy that Shanahan wants to go to first. He's been the guy that Shanahan wants to go to on the goal line. I think Brita, I mean, no, he's not going to have an 83-yard breakaway touchdown every week, but he's fast, man. Like, he's going to have breakaway runs like that, and he's still going to give you value. And I think, like, I mean, he, two weeks ago, Brita caught a, a touchdown pass. So I think that you can own both of them. I think, I mean, I'm okay having Tevin Coleman in my lineups, but I'm also okay with Matt Brita. I think yeah. if – if we put out rankings, I'd always have them back to back because you just don't know. I was gonna yeah. say, all right, if you had to pick one, Tevin Coleman or Matt Breeder rest of the season. Um I would say Coleman. And that's not just because I have I would, just, I, have a lot of I would just say Coleman because of the touchdown upside, but again, like I'd I'd be comfortable with both of them. Yeah. I'm going to say Breida because even if he does twist his ankle, Breida still run the ball 20 times. He don't give a crap. You're, you're going to die on that hill, aren't you? I will die on the hill, but – You uh, should have a slap bet over this. No, no, no. no this is too close. <laughs> and he doesn't vehemently di- like disagree with this. He yeah. understands it's close. Uh, but, I mean, we, we talked going into the week how this wasn't the greatest matchup. I just was kind of banking on the big run by Breida. I mean, not an 80-yard run, but getting one or two forty, and then he's getting increased passing work every week, which is encouraging. Yeah, I mean, and he still had seventeen. He still had seventeen touches. Yeah, they're gonna keep getting people back on the line, and hopefully get no. back their fullback. So I'm not that worried. Yeah, Dante Pettis led the receivers three catches for 45 yards on six targets, um, and George Kittle another big game, eight for 103. Like we said before, he's probably the most consistent of the top three tight ends that you drafted going in. <laughs> Boy, it's hard to talk about the Rams this week. Jared Goff, he had 78 yards passing, and he lost a fumble. I, I don't know if it was just because of Todd Gurley, but Malcolm Brown had 40 yards on the first drive and didn't have a single yard after that. No, and- so I, I really think that Goff was this bad because the 49ers fans came out, and that was basically a road game for, for Jared Goff, and – he plays like crap on the road. So and he just said, he sent he felt like it was a road game and he just turned into road Jericho. Yeah. yeah. The only wide receiver production was a 10-yard Robert Woods touchdown run. Cooper Cup four for 17 and Brandon Cooks three for 18. Uh are you guys just throwing this game in the trash from a Rams production standpoint and still starting those guys next week? Yeah. I, I think they still trust Brown more than Henderson at this point. So I don't think Henderson is anywhere near jumping him, and I think Gurley will probably be back this week. I think they just found out about an injury late, got worried. So, and golf golf can't be this bad again. <laughs> or it's Blake Bortles' time. Oh, my God. Oh, I never man. thought I'd hear that name again, man. <laughs> Moving on here, the Arizona Cardinals, 34-33 to over the Atlanta Falcons on a missed point after by Matt Bryant. I don't know if you guys were watching that game, but he knew yeah. as soon as he kicked it that he missed it, and he took his helmet off, and he just started running to the sideline. Um, Christian's quarterback started the week, Matt Ryan, 30 for 36, 356 yards and four touchdowns, so good call there. Devontae Freeman took advantage of the Cards' defense, 19 carries for 88 yards, added three catches for 30 yards and two touchdowns uh, through the air. And then Julio, eight for 108, Calvin Ridley, four for 48 and a touchdown. And Austin Hooper, 
boy, I don't know how I think it was just kind of obvious about the tight end start of the week, always against the Cardinals, but Hooper eight for 117 and a touchdown on eight catches. My quarterback start of the week, Kyler Murray, 27 for 37, 340 yards and three touchdowns. He only had 32 yards on the ground, but that was still a very productive day for him. Uh, David Johnson was questionable going in with a back injury. He did have 12 carries for 34 yards and added in six catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. And my wide receiver start of the week, Larry Fitzgerald, six for 69 on eight targets. I'm still feeling good about the fantasy production for this Cardinals offense. Randy, are you on the same page? Yeah, they're going to keep getting healthier. And obviously their line's not any good, but they're good enough to allow Kyler to keep moving around. And he's making up for the holes that they have. And I mean, I, they were ahead early in this game. So a little bit of his production was down, but I, this was a great game. I'm, I'm, yeah, it was. Oh, man, Kirk, kind of, once Kirk's back healthy, I think this offense just goes to a whole nother level. And we kind of called it. This was going to be a good game because both of the defenses were going to put up a, give up a bunch of points. And that's really what happened. How about this one, guys? The New York Jets, 24 to 22 over the Dallas Cowboys, who have now lost three straight. Elliott, 28 carries for 105 yards of the touchdown, so a decent game there. He added five catches for 47. Amari Cooper left the game with a thigh contusion. He's day-to-day. They don't know if he's going to be able to suit up for week seven. Michael Gallup, four for 48 on seven targets in his stead. And Tavon Austin, a blast from the past, five for 64. Jason Witten added in five for 57 for the tight end spot. Um, Christian, how worried are you for this Cowboys offense? I mean, they don't have a lot of good matchups coming up, but I can't say that I'm extremely worried. I mean, Zeke obviously looked good. I think they need Amari in there to do what they want to do, and I think he'll be fine. I mean, the dude's been playing through a foot injury, an ankle injury, probably a head, a neck back all of the above like this dude well, now you're just speculating yeah definitely 100 but also i think that he's kind of a tank and i think they need him out there when gallup i mean gallup did have increased production after amari went out but i think if amari was in there gallup would have exploded for another big day so i think they'll be fine um i don't want anything to do with Tavon austin though i'll tell you that <laughs> chance and guys i'll tell you what when your spleen comes back to normal size, it's amazing what you can do. Sam Darnold, 23 for 32, 338 yards, two touchdowns. One of them was a 92-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson. That was, for some reason, nobody decided to guard him. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, 50 yards and a touchdown on 14 carries. Robbie Anderson totaled up to five catches for 125 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. Christian, you're a huge Robbie Anderson guy. Is he a wide receiver, too, with Sam Darnold? Yeah, probably. Um, he's the thing is, is he's gonna have a game where he gets one catch for five yards, and you're gonna be pissed off you put him in your lineup. And that's what I thought he was gonna have this week. So I sat him on my dynasty bench and watched him explode. So I have a lot of bias right now saying I think that he could have wide receiver two production. He's not gonna finish that high, obviously, but with Darnold, I think he's a productive guy. Well, yeah, I talked about it. I talked about it on Thursday. I was a little bit worried with Darnold's first game back, but it's it's hard to argue with the results there. Chris Herndon should be back next week. He was activated today, and um, he's probably someone that you that you want to take a look at also if, for tight end needy teams, which there are a lot of them. 
And uh, Jamison Crowder, six for 98 on nine targets. He still has a, de- a pretty decent PPR floor. Randy, how excited are you to talk about this Titans-Broncos game? Me, I'm I'm very excited. Can we just skip it? Or... <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm, I'm excited for a certain portion of it. Oh, yeah. Actually, let's only cover the Titans and then just move on. Yeah, let's, let's, shall we? Well, first off, Marcus Mariota got benched after 63 yards and two picks. Ryan Tannehill came in. I don't know who starts week seven and beyond. It would make sense to be Tannehill just because he probably gives the team the best chance to win, but who knows. Christian's running back start of the week and our slap bet subject, Derrick Henry. Christian, you want to give a stat line for this game? Sure, yeah. He had 15 carries and he only had 28 yards. I'm just going to stop there. I'm not going to talk anymore. (laughs) I mean, in in Christian's defense, he has to get 30 to have anywhere near a shot of 100. So He would have broken off for one and then been pretty close to 100 probably. but, But did he break off for one? No, but that's fine. I mean, no, I, it was a it was about one or two every time. Actually, oh, the no, thing no. is, Derrick Henry has these type of games. We've talked about it before. He's going to explode. He's going to have a three touchdown game here soon. No, nope. with, with Ryan Tannehill in one hundred percent. I do Tannehill think way better than Marcus Mariota. I do think this. I do think the one thing to note here is the Broncos' defense has now played very well two weeks in a row against two good rushing teams. So. He he was able to. They were able to shut down Melvin Gordon and shut down Derrick Henry. So that's some. That's definitely something to note. I don't know if I would feel comfortable starting Damian Williams or Sean McCoy on a short week, having to go to Denver um, on Thursday. And really, Adam Hum Adam Humphreys six for forty seven on six targets. Nothing for AJ Brown really, and nothing for Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker, I think, is a gigantic disappointment, especially given how well he played Week One. He's now had three games in a row where he's just kind of been non-existent, only three for 43. Uh, on the Denver side, Joe Flacco only threw the ball threw the ball 28 times and had 177 yards, which is pretty much what you're going to get out of Flacco. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman in another timeshare, 15 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown for Lindsay, 11 carries for 34 yards for Freeman, who also caught five passes. Emmanuel Sanders left the game with a knee injury and didn't return. So, Cortland Sutton, four catches for 76 yards and uh, on six targets. Uh, a somewhat popular tight end streamer, Noah Fant, only two catches for 16 yards. It's just so hard to trust a Joe Flacco offense. I, I don't know if there's really much else to say. I mean, the running backs are probably both going to give you a 10, 11 point, point floor with the touchdown upside, probably leaning Lindsay's way. Sutton, maybe six, seven targets, but I mean, do you guys feel good about this offense? No, and especially if Sanders is out for any period of time here, there's going to be different analysts that say, oh, well, now Sutton's got all the passing work. He's going to get seven targets, but he's going up against the number one corner now. Yeah. And we've seen how bad Juju's done with the number one corners, and Sutton's not to that level even close. I, I don't know if I don't – I think – I don't know if I would put Sutton's struggles even on the same – track as Juju's. I well, mean, we'll do it here. I mean, I'm just saying four catches is probably your ceiling now yeah. if Sanders is that's that's a fair, I don't know. I, I would say maybe five or six because he's still gonna get a bunch of targets, but I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Doesn't matter if he's double teamed. True. I, I but, think he's talented enough to get open for yeah. five or six. I think I, I don't think four is his ceiling. I, Plus, I he's so, more of a big play guy than Sanders is I feel like. He can he can beat guys down the field. 
I wouldn't play him. I think this is a huge upgrade, and Deshaun Hamilton's going to show out with Sanders out, and I just don't – I don't want to touch Sutton now. I forgot about Deshaun Hamilton, man. Yeah, he's good when Sanders is out. Sunday night game, Steelers 24-17 over the Chargers. James Conner, he had a decent day on the ground, 16 carries for 41 yards and a touchdown, and but added seven for 76 and a touchdown on seven targets through the air. So, hey, I was half right with that sit. He really didn't have much rushing production. Yeah, give me a pat on the back, dude. I guess I should have predicted. I mean, I should have thought about the fact that that's literally all they wanted to throw to. Um. Juju, one catch for seven yards on four targets. Is it time, Christian, is it time to give up on him as anything other than a wide receiver three? Yeah, I told you that last week. I I don't think that he can be anything more than a wide receiver three, and you're going to have games where he's a wide receiver 10. I mean, I'm, I'm almost positive 90 guys had better weeks than this. That's a bold statement. So did Michelle had a better receiving week. Yeah, he did. It's hard to believe. Put Sony Michelle in your wide receiver spot. Do you have? I mean, do you upgrade him any more with Rudolph though? If Rudolph is able to go in the next couple of weeks, I mean, slightly. <laughs> I don't know. Hodges looked decent. He looked about what they're asking from Mason Rudolph. They they had similar production. I think Mason Rudolph is more talented, but can he get Juju the ball? I, I mean, no, no. No is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> for, the, for the Chargers, Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon combined for 32 yards. I think this is probably more a product of game script. The Chargers got down big early and had to fight their way back. Mike Williams did lead the team in targets with 10. He had five catches for 72 yards. Keenan Allen only two for 33 on six targets. Randy, was this just because Rivers was trying to look downfield more and Allen isn't really that kind of guy. Yeah, a little bit. And it was because Williams is open as well. He was running great routes. I know he was a little banged up near the end of the game there, but I mean, I, I expect big things from him in this offense. He's yeah. a great target. His touchdown ceiling obviously is regressing because of Henry being back and obviously in a big way. So, I mean, I, I like Williams rest of the season as the wide receiver three type guy with some boom to him. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a red zone target. It's maybe going to get a little bit decreased now that Hunter Henry's back in the fold. And speaking of that, Hunter Henry, eight catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets. Christian, does Henry's return hurt Eckler or Mike Williams more? Um, can I say both? I mean, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I, it's I think he's, he's definitely going to hurt everyone on that team, including, I mean, including Mike Williams, including Keenan mm-hmm. Allen. I think the one person, which it's crazy to say this after two weeks of, of poor performances, the one person that's not going to get hurt is Melvin Gordon because he's going to be the first and second down back at the very least. Um, I, I honestly think that Eckler is going to take a hit. I know I've talked about him as still an RB2. I still believe that. I still think that he's going to have those boom games, but I, I've talked about it before. He could very well have zero points and really screw you over. So I, I think Hunter Henry is going to be eating up a lot of these targets. I would probably lean more towards it's going to hurt Eckler more, but I definitely see where you're coming from with Williams too and Allen to an extent. And I, I also would probably agree about Gordon that it's, it's going to help him more than it's going to hurt. 
So that'll do it for our week six recap. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll go through a little bit of a Thursday night preview and we'll get into our adjust yourself segment. Welcome back to the cut. We're going to go through a quick Thursday night preview of the Kansas City Chiefs against the Denver Broncos. Randy, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, are they both starts in this matchup? Uh, I think Lindsay. I actually, I'm going to go. Yeah, I think uh, the only chance Denver has to even keep this close is if they try and pull Colts here and just run, run, run. So their best chance is giving it to these two guys, especially if Sanders can't play on the short week. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to lean on the run game. Also, I I feel like this is going to be a uh, Indianapolis Colts kind of game script. I mean, they Colts showed how to beat the Chiefs. It's you run the ball, you try to hold the ball for as long as you can. So I could see Denver doing the same thing. Christian on the Chiefs side, Damian Williams, Lashawn McCoy. Can you start either of these guys, or would you rather look for another option? I mean, you know my answer. It's <laughs> I'd rather look for another option, but I mean, I think that you might be okay with Damian as an RB fringe RB two three. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd touch Shady this week. Are Hill and Kelsey the only pass catchers you trust? Uh, it depends on if Watkins is back. Do we have an update on that? I haven't seen the practice reports today, but my guess is he doesn't play this week. Yeah, short week. I, I mean, I hope he does, but I also hope he doesn't. I'd rather him better than that. Well, I'd rather him get fully healthy because we know Sammy Watkins' history. Yeah, that's fair. So let's go ahead and move right into our adjust yourself segment. Why don't you just adjust yourself? Basically, what I'm going to do, guys, is the three of us are going to bring up a couple names, and we're going to talk about if we're adjusting our expectations for the rest of the year for these guys, whether positively or negatively versus what we thought going in, what we solved first for the first couple of weeks. I'm going to start. My first guy is Devonte Freeman. I'm going to be adjusting myself, my expectations for him on the positive side. I think he showed kind of what he can be and how he can produce in this offense when he's healthy. He's had two weeks in a row where he scored with uh, passes. And I think he's going to start to still get more rushing work. And I, think he's a lot better than Edo Smith. I think that's going to continue this year. And if Devontae Freeman can catch passes, I think he could finish as a top 15 to 18 running back. That's bold. Oh, I mean, I, they're going to have to pass to get back into games, which means you take away Freeman's running ability, any that he has. Um, I, I still think he could get, Top eighteen, top twenty. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just, I think he's an RB two, and you're hoping for a touchdown. I'm not excited about him at any week. Fair, and also Fair. Falcon schedule is pretty brutal the rest of the yeah. way. So that's that would be my only concern. But I can see why you'd be happy with him right now, or think mm-hmm. that his production could increase for sure. Um, I'll go ahead and go into my guy. I know we just kind of touched on him. It's Austin Eckler. Listen, as I've said, I think this guy is a running back to rest of season. But the way Hunter Henry came in and immediately scooped up those touchdown targets, 
Um, you're definitely nervous if you're the Austin Eckler owner. I know in one of our leagues, a guy is trying to trade Austin Eckler, um, and he vastly underappreciated how big of a guy Hunter Henry is. I don't think he's going to be able to get the value that he wants for Eckler now that he had such a crap week. I think that there are going to be games that he posts five points, similar to what he did last night. I still think that he's going to get your booms. Um, he's going to get you a 20-point game here or there. That I, I don't know that I'm adjusting myself any more than I would have pre-Henry return. So this one I'm kind of hazy on. What do you guys think? I don't think there's any way you can buy Eckler, and I don't think I see him as any more of a probably lower-end flex play. I mean, Gordon's yeah. going to keep working himself into this offense. You think Austin Eckler's – close to an RB4? I mean, RB3, absolutely. I don't think he even touches RB2 value anymore. No. Interesting. I, th- I think he needs I think it's he needs touchdown to have any like big value other than you're hoping he gets eight catches a week, and I'm not banking on that at a running back spot, especially because Gordon is a talented receiver as well. Fair enough, yeah. All right, yeah, I'm just going to move in a couple of mine because they're related. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs, obviously they had good games. I think this is kind of an awakening of what they should be. They are going to lean heavy on Cook no matter what because he's great, but they their line is improved but still not great. They're not dominating, and I expect them to have to throw the ball more as the season goes along. They're going to keep having some good matchups here and there, but I think the days of Cook getting like 30 rushes should be gone. And Cousins has been throwing at least 30 times the last few weeks. I don't know how you couldn't throw to Adam Thielen and Diggs and not be productive. It makes no sense. You have two top-tier guys. And if you're throwing 30 times and they're each getting a portion, about a third of each of his targets, I- I'm not expecting this from Diggs every week for sure. This is a really good matchup. But... Any other good matchups, I'm definitely playing him. And if it's a tough matchup, I'm kind of looking at it's going to be close, a flex play at best. I I I'd still I still really do believe in Diggs' talent, man. I think uh, he showed it this week. I know it was a good matchup, but he's one of he's hands down one of the best receivers in the league. I just like you said, I don't understand how Cousins just can't consistently go to him and trust it. Well. See, this game was great because they both got about the same amount of looks and both were really effective in their own, in what they should be effective mm-hmm. at. Yeah, and, Thielen kind of feeling short and Diggs can beat yeah. guys deep. I agree. D- Diggs is one of the best route runners in the league, and if you're not giving him targets, you're crazy. Yeah. My, guy, my second guy I want to talk about is DeAndre Hopkins. And – if you drafted him, a lot of people drafted him as the number one overall wide receiver in most drafts. You're very disappointed. I, I believe he has what two is it two touchdowns this year, and they both came in week one. And the emergence of Will Fuller, at least through the last couple weeks, kind of cut into his value. But he still had 12 targets this week, and he's still DeAndre Hopkins. What Deshaun Watson knows who he is. Deshaun Watson knows that he's probably one of, if not the most talented receiver in the game, other than Julio. He's going to get the production. He's going to find the end zone again. And he's going to get on one of those hot streaks where he scores like 
five times in three games, something like that. That's what I'm predicting. I had a question earlier. Um, do you think that you should get rid of – do I think that I should get rid of DeAndre Hopkins? Absolutely not. Unless you're blown away by the trade offer, keep him. He's going to produce, and he's you, he's going to be the he's eventually going to be the guy you drafted him to be. Yeah, I I think that my only concern with that would be Deshaun Watson's rushing ability and his threat to take away those touchdowns. He really does like to just run into the end zone, even if he's got guys open. He takes what's there, and that's a good thing, like for their team, but. I'm not sure that that's a good thing for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm with you though. Like, I think he's a perfect buy low candidate right now. I think that you can go get him for someone middle tier. Maybe you can capitalize on Diggs' big week. Uh, hopefully, you have a Vikings fan in your in your league, but and maybe you can package Diggs with someone to get Hopkins, and and that's something I would do. Yeah, Christian, you want to go into your other guy? Um, I know you're, you're, you've been big on him all year. Yeah, so my other guy is Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper is going to finish as a top three tight end. I will say that right now. I have said it before. Austin Hooper looks like a legitimate option at tight end. Before, he, he looked great, but he wasn't getting the targets. Matt Ryan seems to consistently rely on Austin Hooper, and he found the end zone this week. I don't expect that to continue. I think that the end zone targets are still going Julio's way. They still go Ridley's way. And shoot, they might go to uh, Sanu before they go to Hooper. But because you should be playing PPR, and if you're not, you're wrong, Austin Hooper is going to finish as a top three PPR tight end. It's tough to deny that Hooper finally looks like the talent that the Falcons drafted him to be. And he has definitely been a go-to guy for Ryan, especially in the red zone. So I, with some of the other tight ends not performing as well as you would probably have hoped, I can, I can see where you're coming from on this one. Randy, what do you think? I, I just can't get behind the top three. I, he's guaranteed top 10 already. I think, I think him and uh, Waller are going to end up around that seven, eight range. Uh, they they have the most targets. They're just stocking the touchdowns, and I think that in the end of the season ranking wise is what's going to hurt them. That's the only that's my concern with the tank. Other, I mean, he's obviously overperforming every expectation, and I just don't. I think he's got what one touchdown this year, and it was this week. He might have two from week one, I think, but he's got a max of like four this year. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pumped about him being a top three. I'm just not there yet. I won't slap bet you on it, but <laughs> I'm going to talk about my last guy that I'm going to be adjusting expectations for. It's Carson Wentz. I know a lot of people drafted him to be a top five quarterback. For those of you that didn't want to wait on QBs, wanted to take one early to solidify it. I know I did that in the league. I don't think he's going to finish top five. I know he had a good week this week. I don't really like the matchups for him moving forward. I think it's going to be more kind of top 12, maybe back end QB one. I mean, if De- if Deshaun Jackson never plays again, it's obviously going to hurt. They, I mean, they have the weapons with Jackson and Jeffrey and Ertz, but er- we talked about it before. Ertz has the re- the regression that was bound to happen. Jeffrey, it's hard for him to stay healthy. Al- uh, Deshaun Jackson hasn't played since week one. 
it's it's hard for me to see a scenario where he finishes top five still. Yeah, I think it's going to be close. There's been a lot of good performances from quarterbacks this year, but also a lot of bad and inconsistent play across the league. I mean, honestly, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers probably not even being close to top five, which is insane. And I think Brady's like seven right now. I mean, it's he could. I, I think he's still going to be a quarterback one. I, I agree. I don't know if he gets all the way up to five, especially with how they love to use the running backs right now. But it's going to be close. All right. So we gave you guys a couple players that we're adjusting expectations for. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit our worthy waivers going into week seven, and we'll get out of here. Welcome back to our week six recap of the cut. We're going to go through our quick worthy waiver wire ads going into week seven. Before we attack each other and tear ourselves to shreds like a pack of maniacs, let's just open the sack first and see what's actually in it. It might not even be worth the trouble. Totally worth it. My guy is Benny Snell. He looked good against the Chargers. Jalen Samuels is going to be out for multiple weeks, and James Conner has a quad injury. This is now the third time this year that James Conner has left or not finished a game with an injury. If he's going to miss time, the Steelers are going to lean on Benny Snell because they're on a third-string quarterback. Even if he does, even if Conner doesn't miss any time, Snell should still be a priority add at the chance that Conner, somewhere in the next couple of weeks, does get hurt. Benny Snell is going to vault into at least an RB2 value with the kind of quarterback play he has, with them trying to use the running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. Benny Snell is a guy you definitely should go add. Yeah, for sure. I'll roll right into my guy. It's Jerron Brown. I know how that sounds, but he was on the field 57% of the time this week. That's mostly due to Will Disley's injury, and we talked about it earlier. It looks like it's a torn Achilles, so it looks like Will Disley's injury is going to last the whole season. So adding Jerron Brown now is kind of worth the flyer to see if his production holds true in the next few weeks. I will tell you, I'm not super confident in that. This was a crap week for waivers. I just would take that chance with Jerome Brown because the waivers are so thin this week. Somebody's got to get those red zone targets that Disley's going to give up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Metcalf's still there. Uh, It's a shot. I think they go back to Luke Wilson, though. I think he gets an increased workload here. And he's comfortable with Wilson, and they played together and won a Super Bowl together. So Wilson and Wilson. Yeah. I I mean, I don't expect anything great, but, I mean, we're talking about a landscape where Greg Olson gets four catches, and he's a tight end one of the week. So, <laughs> uh, But Jaron Brown's a shot because he outperformed everyone except Tyler Lockett yesterday. Yeah. I'm going to move into my guy quick. Philip Dorsett, he was dropped by almost everyone. I think his ownership's down to like 30 to 35 right now. Uh, They had a short week. He wasn't healthy. I'm excited for him, especially with Gordon banged up. I really think he's going to have an increased workload. He looked really good. And we're, we're at a place here where they used every receiver they had on their depth chart just to kind of make up for what Dorsett could do. and. They're not getting any tight end help with the claws being out every time. 
I think he's got a bump this week in a pretty decent matchup against the Jets. They're going to try and stop the running game, all seven people for the Patriots, and <laughs> I, I think they try and key on Edelman with Adams. So I think Dorsett can be the free guy roaming around, and they're going to use the free guy every single week. Hey, it could be Brandon Bolden, though. Get I, out of here. I am a little scared for every running back in this matchup. I, I think it, it, we're going to hope for touchdown here. I mean, White's always fine, but he's never he hasn't been great this year. Goal line back Tom Brady. Yeah. That won't that won't be uh, against a better uh, D-line. Those words should never be put together ever. <laughs> hey, he's a, he's great. He's great. <laughs> That'll do it for this gross, worthy waiver wire segment, and that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. Christian, Randy, you guys got anything before we get out of here and go watch this, the rest of this Monday night game? No. Uh, it looks like I am going to be 6-0 and in one of my leagues, so pretty happy about that. That's all I have to add. Not, not in a league we're together with, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Randy, yeah, anything I, to add? No. I, I think it'll be a fun week of seeing which one of us picks up either Jerron Brown or Luke Wilson and Dynasty. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for that matchup between us three. <laughs> yeah, Benny Snell's probably owned, which kind of makes me sad. He is, but, he is. but I, I looked at the waiver uh, before the show, and there's the top, top people are going to be Brown and Disley, or Brown and Wilson, just for the hope. All Everyone that else fab, is nothing. Shoot, all, that fab, but nowhere to, all that fab, but nowhere to spend it. Well, if you spend like $45, Sean, you can get anyone you want from me and Christian. I spent $20 on JGI this morning, so. I saw that. That's oh, hilarious. That's pretty so, rough. so, yeah. I didn't mean to. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to get out of here. We'll see, we'll see you guys Thursday. As always, follow us on Twitter at The Cut FFL. Like and share us on Facebook at The Cut FFL. Shoot us an email if you'd like to support at officialcuppod at gmail.com. For Christian Williams, Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys later. We gone.